Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on the platform that is dying slowly before our eyes, Twitter. Bernie, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Currently, uh, currently uh, in my parents' apartment while they're in Montreal for the week, so it's uh, it's very very comfortable, very nice. But it's a building it- full of old people, so it's quite funny. <laughs> I was going to ask if it's nicer than your place, and I realized your place is under demolition, so it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's much nicer. Everything works. It's crazy. Well, you know what was cool, actually? Um, so they live in a building. If you're in Toronto, um, you'll know the, the Manulife building. So it's an apartment building, but it's also like a mall, and it has a cinema in it. And so last night I was coming back from from playing soccer, and I was like, you know what? That cinema popcorn right now would would be excellent. So I went into oh. the cinema, and I was like, "Can I just like go and buy popcorn like without a ticket for a movie?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, well, I don't give a fuck, right?" <laughs> so I went in. <laughs> Do you? Have, when was the last time you went to a cinema? Um, I went by myself last year to go watch the Batman. Okay. Uh, did so you like get April last year? I always get popcorn, uh, but I don't get the I don't get the popcorn like the regular people's popcorn with like the butter and stuff. I get caramel popcorn and then that's it. You're a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so. I don't get the butter either because I find that disgusting. But I do get the regular popcorn. Anyway, my point is, I it's eat $8 regular popcorn for a small if other people. Get okay. it. Yeah. Oh, I see. Eight dollars. Okay. It's eight dollars for a small bag of popcorn. Is that inflation? I nearly. I, nearly... <laughs> I don't know. Do you, you know how many bags of popcorn, like at the grocery store, you can buy for eight dollars? All of them. You can buy out the grocery store. So, so, so technically, right? You could find popcorn that you like from the grocery store, and then just mm-hmm. put it in a bag, like a like yep. if you go with your partner or something, put it in her bag. They don't check her bag, and then you can just eat no. your own popcorn. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But obviously, the cinema stuff is better because it's got a million tons of salt on it. Um, so, I, you know, after eating it, I wasn't mad, but in the moment, I, I nearly turned around. But you know, when you just get a bit too far with your purchase, and it's too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, if if anyone knows of uh, cheaper, cheaper cinema popcorn, you know, tweet us because that's useful information. <laughs> oh, cinema! Like we went. Sorry, I was on it. I don't think we potted since. Oh no, we did. When I was on, when I was in Oman, and we went to our uh, the cinema we used to go to in oman and sadly it was closed renovations but i can uh, still taste the caramel popcorn because that's where i can <laughs> love a caramel popcorn that's where it started that's funny uh all right uh i guess we have to talk about the footballs um you, do you remember that club they they were from spain um they they used to wear all white um, they were pretty good for a while, won a lot of titles. They don't exist anymore. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, is it? Like, Real Mallorca, Malaga, Madrid, Madrid, Madrid. I think that's what it is, right? Real Madrid. 
Realm are dead. They, man, they got absolutely liquidated this afternoon. Manchester City were on drugs. They just played them off the park from minute one to minute 95. It was devastating. It was kind of beautiful. It was kind of terrible. I don't know. It was just, it was something else. That was one of the scariest performances I've ever seen in my life watching football. Because, listen, I know Real Madrid are not... Like, look, Real Madrid, I think, obviously they were the best team in Spain while Barcelona were messing around. And they still, in many ways, you can say are, because I just don't rate anything that... um, uh, Barcelona do, I, which means I don't rate La Liga right now for anything. Mm-hmm. But this is their tournament, right? This is yep. Real Madrid's tournament. We all know this is the one that uh, they actually care about. And um, the simple fact that they got destroyed in this, like completely destroyed in this, is scary because that clearly means Man City are the best team in the world by a huge margin like there's literally no competition like at all and that's scary because usually you're like okay like there's one or two or something like that there is Mm -hmm. nobody nobody close to them that is disgusting to think about no and and you know what it actually makes me feel better because obviously we'll we'll get to the the great arsenal bottling slash unbottling um in a bit but like it actually makes me feel a lot better about arsenal season because when you look at a team play like this, you're just like, how is anyone, what's anyone supposed to do about this? And the fact that Arsenal even got close to them and pushed them to the last few weeks is pretty incredible. Get your excuses in now while, while, while you have a chance. Come <laughs> on. Not, come on. <laughs> so it's not an excuse, it's genuinely true. When, when you see a team play like that, you're just like, Jesus Christ, where was that for like the first two thirds of the season? Two things can be true. Two things can be true. <laughs> 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 Maybe so. Um, do you think? Do you think that Real Madrid will sack Ancelotti for this? Because I was thinking about it, and I was like, "That's exactly what Perez of old would do," because he'd be embarrassed. But also, I don't know that anyone would have done any better under the circumstances. There were rumors that they were going to get rid of him anyway, and those rumors sort of led to all the other rumors about the Brazil job, which is why we started to try start to. We attempted to try, uh, create rumors about him joining Canada, which never took on. But we, mm-hmm. it was a valiant effort from from the cost, regardless. But <laughs> I, he's had to answer questions about his future, and he's talked about when his contract is over. And I think his contract is over this summer, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's I one more year, 2024. One more. I think Perez will pull the plug and try something new. And I think Ooh. that something new could be a German. A, a young German with a skateboard. A young German with a skateboard and fancy jackets. I think he's going to... That's like, not I have, move. I have no proof of this. I've not seen any links. Mm. Mm. It's just, I think he will pull the plug. Not because he doesn't like Carl Ancelotti. I just feel like... He loves Carl the number yeah. of Yeah, he loves it. But the number of rumors, you know, and the stories that just haven't gone away... It's, it mm. says to me that it is a serious consideration. And mm-hmm. Pep sources, not Pep sources, what's his name? Um, Perez's sources have never debunked it. 
And we all know that if something's in the news for long enough, there's a good amount of truth this, to it. So that yeah. suggests to me he's gone and he's going to have to replace him. And then the question is, my, my, the logic in my brain goes, well, who do you replace him with? And it has to be Nagelsmann at that point. Well, I mean, Zidane is still doing nothing. After, after the way Zidane rotate? left, I don't, I don't see it. I I, I'm kind of interested in, in in this like job share idea where like Zidane and Ancelotti just rotate every two, three years. I actually think that's a wonderful situation for everyone involved. I, I think so, except that like Ancelotti really, really, really loves that love that job, and like yeah. Zidane stri- like Ancelotti's actually even though he raises his eyebrow all the time, like he's a really humble dude. I feel like, and like Zidane to me, the way I, I perceive Zidane is, I won three Champions Leagues in a row. I'm out. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think he wants to like I see Zidane in a similar way that I see Pep in that we all know Pep won't take a silly job right mm-hmm. and many mm-hmm. of us will like me will hold it against him and I at the same time like I think two things can be true I also respect it like I understand what you're doing like you're maintaining mm-hmm. your aura and I'm fine with that Zidane is the same I don't think Zidane walks the situation where he cannot like succeed like he won three champions leagues in a row what's he gonna do take over bournemouth like he's never gonna do such a thing so no that's exactly yeah. why he might just just do the real madrid job for the rest of his life well, like, I, intermittently. I think i think doing it for him going to do the real madrid job is like going to manage bournemouth because it's i left angry this wasn't a nice situation i've proven everything i don't want to look bad so it's france for him i think yeah, but he's gonna That's have it. to have someone kill Didier Deschamps because the guy, the guy will not leave, and they won't sack him. The way they do in French football, you never know. At least uh, legs. Yeah, might speak get speak to speak to someone at PSG. <laughs> get Abidal on the phone. <laughs> no. Allegedly. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, just, I mean, I would, I would like to see them do Nagelsmann because I think it would be a beautiful shambles I, I think that would be absolutely the wrong move i don't think that squad i don't think he's the right fit for that squad i don't think that squad's the right fit for him and i think it would be it would be a glorious fireball of nonsense are there any are there any other candidates do you think not really not really i mean they were very close to appointing allegri if allegri left juve then maybe he comes back on the board even though he doesn't oh. deserve to um. Uh, beyond that, no. I read. Like, I read no, no long ago, but What do you think of that? I think he's been managing first team football for like eight months. He's done pretty well. Also, I think he just committed to being at Leverkusen next year, and he's obviously got the prospect of managing Granite Xhaka, and who's going to turn that down? So, I don't think he's there yet. There's there's Raúl. In the he manages one of the youth teams, I think. Um, oh no! Is, there, is there, Graham there is Graham Potter. There's always Graham Potter. <laughs> There's always Graham Potter. Um, Lampard is obviously out of job in a, in a couple of weeks. True. Uh, Pardew's looking for a return to European football. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, honestly, I mean, obviously we're joking, but there really aren't many good candidates. They were into Pochettino, he's gone. 
be available again in about a year, 18 months, but you know, um, yeah, that's it, man. They just like, you either kind of have to go Zidane, stick with Angelotti or try the Nogglesman thing. Um, or just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. You know, that'd probably be the leave sensible thing to do. Yeah. Let, let his, let his contract just expire. Let yeah. him have his like, you know, victory lap or whatever. You know, everyone goes off on high vibes. Build a statue of him and Zidane. You know, whatever you want to do. Like, I, I, I see, I see, I see where you're going. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Premier League. So Manchester City are one win away, I believe, from winning it. Yeah, yeah. How did they get um, here, Alex? How did we get here? Uh. They, they they did this thing where they were like not at their best for like months and months and months and months, and then mm. and then all of a sudden they they turned on the boosters, Bernie. They turned what on the boosters. Remind, and, what does this remind you of? Go on. No, no. Like, doesn't it remind you of of squeaky bum time? It's been like squeaky bum months. Yeah. <laughs> for like a whole month of squeaky, <laughs> a whole month of squeaky bum time. Um, yeah, listen, I, I was obviously very bullish uh, throughout yes. the season that Arsenal were going to win it. Um, yes, and so they have. Uh, I think Mohamed was actually less so. Less than you. But although he's he been on the pod less, so there's been less opportunity. He consistently said that it's he's going to win the league and it's too easy for us and all this stuff. And I consistently said, just wait. Just wait. You you did call this. You, you very much did call this this exact collapse. I didn't feel apart from the Newcastle game, which we won in spite of your expectations. But um, yes. yeah, you did you did say that we'd it's lose like, to City, and ultimately bottled it. No one expected that. No one expected that. And West Ham. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that it, it's been it's been a a very bottly month. There's, there's no there's no getting around it. Um, it's. It's a shame. It's honestly a shame. Um, because, again, when you look at the City side, it would have been very nice, just objectively, it would have been very nice for someone to beat them. Um, but it's just not possible, man. It's just not possible. Couldn't last the distance. I, I think, you know, as they say, it's the hope that kills you. And, man, you were hopeful as hell. Because <laughs> <laughs> the delusion yep. was real. Because, like, look, Arsenal were on a roll. And I think part of what a lot of people don't understand is that when you keep having to come back because you know we can take it two ways you can take it as a sign of resilience of the team and yeah and it gets you going galvanize everyone but it also is it masks the weaknesses that you had to come back from behind (laughs) so many times anyway and you can only evade you know what's the word you can only ride your luck so so much and i think mm. it caught up like there was a 4-2 win at uh what was it aston villa there was the one with yep. the reese nelson or was that the same game um uh, i can't remember now but uh, no i, don't I think, think it was, was a different game it was a different game there was that one and those two things made people think oh man this team is not gonna go down without a fight resilience blah 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 but, but like, i understand why because those are the kind of moments that title winning teams have right yeah, you think of your Makeda moments and whatever, whatever. But like United didn't mm-hmm. do that like ten times in the season. It was we win with oh, they basically used what to United back in the did. Day. Oh come on, that was ninety nine. Give me a break. But <laughs> what, what, United, 
Well, yes, but again, in that season, they beat all the big teams and didn't lose any of them uh, in any game. So, but the 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 overarching point I'm making is United used to do this thing. Like I've seen this script as this is my entire childhood, and I've seen City do it twice, so I understand this. Of we're gonna be shit the first couple months because we're doing spot mm-hmm. rotation, but once January hits, we're locked in. I've seen this script with Fergie enough times. I've seen it with Pep enough times that I knew that the youngest team in the league, which is what Arsenal is, the youngest mm-hmm. team in the league who just finished fifth and then eighth mm-hmm. two years in a row behind, before that, were never going to make that jump all the way to win. Against this team that we've seen chase other people down before, there was no chance in hell that was going to happen. None. But this is, this is my point that I was making earlier, which is that, like, frankly, that they got this close is is very impressive for the youngest team in the league for a team that did finish fifth last season the leap the jump that they made this season was pretty incredible the consistency i mean until the last month the consistency that they showed was incredible um the output that they got from some of these players you know even players like players like Xhaka that i hate the performances they they got out of some of these guys was was incredible you know Saliba coming in and being one of the best defenders in the league at 21 Ben White first season as a right back Best right back in the league, probably you could you could argue the season. Um, Zinchenko just like being a number ten while playing at left back. Like there were there were a lot of pretty incredible things about this this season, and it's not it's certainly not a wasted one. Um, it's just it's just a bit of a shame. It's just a yeah, bit of a shame. No, I, I I still stand by what I said in that Arsenal or simply quite simply the best coach team in the league, no matter how it works. Mm. I, I mm. understand the Pep thing. I get it, but. I also, I think, not just the best coach team, but it's been a transformation of the last two years into the best, Not, I don't know if the word is run I want to use, but built team outside of Brighton, let's say. because You can see the deliberacy in everything that's been done. Exactly. Like, City have overwhelming resources, and they have used them well. Because mm-hmm. Manchester United have spent the same amount of money and used it poorly. Chelsea have spent, as we've seen this season, gazillion months and spent it poorly but arsenal really like you might say he spent 50 million on ben white it's a lot of money whatever but in in like total money spent they've really not competed with the other teams but they've spent yeah. wisely like ben white center back but they said you know what you're gonna be right back great ramsdale great um jesus is still i think it's it, flatter to deceive sometimes but i still think it's a good signing mm-hmm. so is it Benko. like it's been mm-hmm. hit after at least the big ones you can argue on yeah. the little, on the smaller, you know, Kivio or whatever. You can argue all that stuff, but mm-hmm. the big ones that mattered, I think they got right, and not just what they got right in terms of signing, but who they got rid of. I think mm-hmm. I I was banging on about Leno being bad the whole time, and I think he was, <laughs> but also he just wasn't also a fit for how you guys wanted to play. Maybe even yep. more so than whether or not I think he's bad. And getting rid of those guys, Willian. Who's doing fantastically, by the way? But whatever, still. So Pepe, is Leno, but, uh, <laughs> I know it's just great. Like, like, yeah. But it's still like it's getting people out who don't fit is something yes. I am incredibly jealous of, and making these guys play. Look, Saka's was brilliant. Last two months he's been nonsense, but whatever. The course of the season, brilliant. Odegaard, brilliant. Martinelli, brilliant. Like getting the consistent performances from those young guys. Mm-hmm. Just props, just honestly, props to Arteta on on a, in my opinion, the best coaching job of this season. But, yeah, but agreed, but, and it will be. Yeah, yeah, go on, finish your point. 
bottled it. And and there was no way (laughs) you weren't going to bottle it. Also, because Arteta himself is an emotional guy. And I don't think he has the control of a... Like, he'll need some experience to get the control to manage a situation like that to ensure the players don't bottle it. Because I think he bottled it to himself. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think we saw it. We saw it at the end of last season in the in the Spurs game where he he had the team so amped up that Holding went and got himself sent off in twenty minutes or whatever it was, and they crashed and burned. Um, and I think we've seen it in some of the substitutions that he's made later. Like he's got nearly everything right, so it feels it feels you know a bit harsh to criticize him. But some of the subs that he's made in the last few games, um, some of the decisions have been a bit more questionable. Um, and yeah, I think for an extremely young manager, you're right. It's just it's a learning curve, um, and it will be interesting to see now what you know what they do in the summer. All reports are that the Cronkies are willing to chuck a bunch more money at it. Um, Declan Rice looks like it's probably going to happen. Caicedo might happen. I don't know. We'll see. But like midfield is clearly where they're they're planning to bulk up, which is I, I think the right move. Um, but we'll see. The difficult this this will be. I know he this will be his third season finishing, but basically next season is the difficult second album. You know, like the first two years were kind of laying the groundwork and doing the prep. This is the first season that we've had like his product on the pitch. Now he's got to try and repeat it and build on it and do better. And that's going to be very, very difficult. Um, another another little milestone to uh, to take note of. Arsenal are on 81 points. They need five more points to equal, um, was it 27, was it 16, 17 or 17, 18 when Pochettino got Spurs to second? They need five more points to equal that. And it's going to not look so great if they don't. So uh, they better pick themselves up for the last couple of weeks. I, was that, was that the Leicester season or, or no? No. What's the Leicester season? Yeah. No, it was. It was the Chelsea season, 86 points. Okay. When Conte won it with Chelsea. Yeah. Um, oh, so you just finished just second little... when Leicester finished first. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Arsenal finished second when Leicester finished first. Yeah. Okay, okay. So just a, just a little milestone to, to take note of. Um, to your point about City and how they use their resources, I saw this tweet earlier from Adam Crafton, which I, I bookmarked because I wanted to read it. Um, and he said... I think one of the most impressive things City have mastered is how to replace essential players and personalities seamlessly. They've barely missed company, Yaya, Fernandinho, Silva, Aguero. Compare that to how Man United messed up post-Rio, Vidic, Skulls, Giggs, Rooney. And I wasn't reading this as a point about Man United, but I just think as a point about Man City and how they've used their resources, it's extremely true. I'm I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to use this as a point for Man City in the points against Man United. Um because it's right there, and it's it's something I believe in. So, if those guys were Man United players, they would still be at Man United today. <laughs> like <laughs> the hair is still there today. Like Phil Jones is leaving now, um, and I met him. I don't know if I talked about that in the previous pod. Yeah, and, you and, met him in Dubai, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. It was both was nice and sad at the same time. He was in the mall walking. No one recognized him. He was going to a, into literally a candy shop. And I, th- I feel like he might have been buying candy for his kids or something. But I saw him and I was like, is this him? My wife was like, uh, I don't care if you th- if he's not, but you need to go find out right now. <laughs> so I didn't want to go up to him, but like I did. And I was like, 
Phil Jones? He goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm you know, big Man United fan. Can I get a picture? And I just, I don't know. It's because I know information. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like the team was playing that day. And yeah. this guy is in Dubai, like thousands of miles away. <laughs> the team is literally play, about to play. Like, it was like an hour before kickoff or something. And I, I felt so sad in that moment for him because I think mm-hmm. he was a talented player and injuries and whatever else happened. But to, yep. to Crafton's point, City have replaced the company who has a statue with Diaz and, you know, and Stones is there. And they've done such a good job replacing David Silva. You might argue that Bernardo Silva has picked up that baton or whoever you want to say it is, Aguero, Holland. Yep. Like, they are very good at this. And part of it is similar to what we've seen with Arsenal, but on a grander scale, they're incredibly intentional about what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. For example, Pep cried and lied to us that they cannot replace Aguero. <laughs> we can't replace him. It's one of the all-time best Sorry. acting performances. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But he, I think they had a Holland plan, obviously, and to the point that they went a whole season without a striker because Jesus doesn't really count for them. Yeah. But that that's the intentionality that I like. And I was having this argument with someone. Um, not argument. It was actually a good discussion on Twitter, which, quite frankly, never happens. Where no. I was saying that United bought Varane. And if you look at that, Maguire and Lindelof weren't actually playing badly at all. But the mm. whole summer, United chased a left center back. That's what they wanted. Someone with a left foot to partner Maguire and move him from the left to the right. Badia Chile was one. Paul Torres was the other, and Gab Mag- Magaish, but he has his crazy agents. And then somehow, Varane became available, and they said, fuck that. Like, let's go with Varane. Same thing with Casemiro. You chase um, Frankie de Jong all summer. You, it, you, We know it's not going to happen, but they chase him all summer, and then all of a sudden, it's, hey, I'm Casemiro, I'm available. Let's do that. Cristiano Ronaldo was not part of your plan at all. Like, you didn't even want to buy a striker. He becomes available. We do that. City don't do stuff like that. They're very intentional no. about what they want to do. They're planning for five years from now, and they exactly. put in plans to try and do those things. If they can't, they still they make it work, like, somehow with a piece that still fits. That's why Grealish mm-hmm. is here. Like, they're very intentional in how they do this, and I feel like Manchester United have no intention. Or they can't get what they want, and then they just fall for something that falls in their lap, but there's no planning. So you can say that Varane and Casemiro are good players. I don't think Varane is a good player for Manchester United right now. I don't. People can make that argument. But does it fit the plan? No, because there was none. That's the difference between those two teams for me. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. And I also think, think it's easier for City to do that for a number of reasons. One is they're starting at this point after the years of building, they're starting from such a high level that if they miss out on the, if they can't get the person they want, they go a year without them, they'll still be fine, right? The other thing is that I think there's less pressure. It's a, despite what Manchester City is now, it's still a less commercial club. It's still, it doesn't have, you know, 500 million fans around the world. It doesn't have the kind of pressures that Man United and a couple of other teams do so if united go a season without signing anyone there are going to be riots right if if mm-hmm. if last summer you know ten hag was like can't get frankie de Jong, not getting a midfielder we're just going to deal with it for a year you know we'll finish wherever the hell we finish and we'll try again next time it wouldn't really be acceptable um 
And it would make life very difficult from a kind of political and PR perspective, which maybe no one should consider. Like you, ideally you shouldn't, but I think clubs definitely do. And I think that's why we see a lot of opportunistic signings. I think clubs definitely do, but I think my issue is, for example, City signed Julian Alvarez and there was a clear idea for what they wanted to do with him. They knew they were going to sign Holland when they signed Alvarez and they had a very good plan for that. Right. Also, they haven't signed a single person over the age of 27 in like four years, by the way. So there's that. Who's the last one? But I have no idea. But I just know they haven't done it. It might have been like Scott Carson or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it doesn't count, but yeah. But like it's that it's that sense of intentionality, and then you look at United, where there's a mishmash of everyone's plan, right? Like Pep overhauled the whole team after his first season, where he was like, "Wow, that's shit!" Like he literally <laughs> got the canceled contracts, and like they didn't care yep. about recouping any investments. They got rid of it because, okay, you're state-owned. You can do a bunch of different things. We have to be honest about that. Yep. Ten Hag doesn't have that luxury to just overhaul the squad. And he might want to play a certain way. And then he has two guys that I rate very highly, Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford, who are transition ballers. Let's just call mm-hmm. it what it is. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it's fun for me. But is it really fun for him? And then you have Anthony, who's not a transition baller. Sancho is not a transition baller, playing with transition... Like, it becomes a mishmash of stuff. But again, I'm like, what is your plan as a football club? Mm-hmm. If, there's a, if there's a plan for the manager, then you have to back the plan all the way. It's like Klopp. They backed him all the way. And now that Edwards is gone, and can't back him anymore. It's shit. <laughs> like, you have to back yeah. them all the way or else, like, what's the point? It's just, it and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and 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 to the to the kind of point uh, I was making earlier, like part of backing a manager is also not signing people. Sometimes, you know, yeah, it's part of it. Like, if, if, yeah, like if Klopp says, like for two years, Klopp, the fans have been going wild, and Klopp's like, it's Bellingham or nothing. Forget it. Like the midfield is what it is. We're going to play Harvey Elliott and Van Curtis Jones and ninety-year-old James Milner, and you you guys are going to have to put up with it and shut up, right? And the club is like, all right. You know, you're the boss. So, you know, and they'll, they'll try and sort it out this season. But sometimes that's an important part of it. I mean, we, we, we can give you three examples. Well, I'll give you two because I, the third one, I don't know. Harry Maguire was wanted by Man City. We know this. They looked at it. They tried to negotiate. He said it. Leicester said it. In fact, Pepper said it himself. They tried to do it. They said 60 million or nothing. Now, I'm pretty sure Pep goes, I don't really care about the fee. It's not important to me. This is a player I want. No. But they've told him, we're capping it off at this. If you don't get him, I'm sorry. Figure it out. Like, And they went to go get Ruben Diaz, who, by the way, was their third choice because they wanted Koulibaly. And they still said, we're not doing that that deal at that price. And so they lucked out. That's, they absolutely lucked out. But that's the, the thing is, they went, here's our list. Mm-hmm. Right? Are you good with this list? Yeah. Okay. Here, they're both. All three of them are right-footed center backs. So <laughs> there was intentionality about what they wanted, regardless. Other football clubs, at least my United, don't do that. They're like, well, you, how about this? It's like yeah. you want a Jack Grealish, right? Okay, we can't get Jack Grealish because they want seventy-five million, which was preposterous to me at the time. How about Donny van de Beek? <laughs> like, this is how the club operates. City would yeah. never do something like that. It would never happen. Yeah. And, and and I think part of it also, which we haven't mentioned, is how how much 
influence agents have or how how closely a club is working through agents rather than having as you said having their own plan and trusting their data and their scouting teams or what have you whereas some clubs you just know it because you can tell by some of the transfers some agent calls up the director of football and is like i've got my guy here and you can have him you know well and well, look up right and a lot of clubs run that way yeah sorry look at brighton i don't think agents control brighton i think brighton <laughs> hell no are just like incredible Bro, some of the players incredible. that they signed definitely don't have agents. You think like Julian and Cisco had an agent two years ago? No, <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Like, these are kids from South America. It's crazy. Um, Even Caicedo, by the way, he had a bad agent situation. Caicedo, when they were like, again, Manchester United were going to sign Caicedo. His agent yep. situation got messy. And then Brighton said, well, we'll do this deal because we know how to work with these people. <laughs> like, that's okay. And that's part of the job, being good at networking, being good at building relationships and being intentional about it. And, uh, like, City are good at this. That's how they got Alvarez. That's how they, they're they getting, like, Kai Kai and all this other... Like, they just know. They just know how to do things. And Real Madrid did that with Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. And, like, those are just... Mm-hmm. The successful teams, in my opinion, just know how to get this stuff done. Yeah, 100%. And so far, it looks like Newcastle are kind of in a in a similar similar state. They look like they're being very intentional about what they're doing and the moves they're making. So we'll see what they do this summer. They, they're pretty much... Have they guaranteed top four? Nearly, right? Almost. I think they are one more win. 66. Oh, yeah, there's a couple teams. So Liverpool, United, and Newcastle, basically, it's going to be three out of... It's going to be two out of those three. Um, so Newcastle, I think, will probably make it. We'll see. But you know, Chelsea, we mentioned before, they've now officially confirmed Pochettino. That's going to be really interesting. And it, and it touches on a lot of the stuff that we've just been talking about, which is, do they back him in clearing out half the squad? Because they're going to need no. to. No. And then and, and then do they back him signing someone that he wants to sign? Because frankly, like, I'm a huge fan of Pochettino. I think the work that he did at, at Spurs was unbelievable. But identifying players and signing players is not his forte. It absolutely is not his I- forte. I wouldn't give him a dollar to control. Like, no. in fact, not not one. I would not give him. I would, but then again, I don't know if I want Todd Boatley making any decisions either. So <laughs> they have two so, directors of football. It's definitely a rock and a hard place. That. Yeah, yeah, but we we will see. It's going to be an interesting summer. I'm I'm glad Frank Lampard keeps not winning any games though. That's that's great stuff. Absolutely. Oh, uh, did he win the last one? No, they drew 2-2 with Nottingham Forest. Ah, oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, uh, everyone's uh, everyone's form team, Aston Villa, um, beat Spurs 2-1. But remember last week how we discussed that they were they were appointing the Barcelona director of football, Alemani? Mm-hmm. He's changed his mind, apparently. He's staying, so, staying at Barcelona. I was reading that, like... So Deco was going to come in and be the director of football, but yeah. Alemani's changed his mind. But they've, I, from what I read somewhere, they're still going to bring in Deco, and Alemani's yeah. going to take like, I don't know if they're going to share it or he's going to take a different role. But like, he's not leaving the club, is what I understand. And Deco is still coming. Yeah, and I, I don't know how how much truth there is to this, but a lot of people were joking like Alemani showed up, had a look around Birmingham, and was like, "Fuck this." 
which would be very understandable. I would not trade Barcelona for Birmingham if you paid me. I I I can't I can't believe he even considered it. But I thought maybe like the paychecks were not were bouncing at Barcelona or something. But <laughs> I mean that's always possible. Apparently, um, like Kessier and all the guys, basically all the guys they signed on free transfers last summer. Apparently, they all had clauses inserted into their contracts where like if we don't get paid, we can go on a free transfer, which is pretty smart. Yeah, but they don't even play anyway, so I don't understand why like. They don't just try and leave. Like, Cassie doesn't play football. <laughs> no, not very much. No. No, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. Uh, who else can we talk about? Uh, Liverpool, are like, they've, they've decided to play. It's been squeaky bum time for, for everyone else, but in the last month, Liverpool seem to have finally found some freedom and, and started to click, and they're looking really good. Smash Leicester, which isn't hard to do. Obviously, everyone does, but you still have to do it. Um, Salah is finally playing well. Like the the gap pose seems to be fitting in. Like they they build on this and they actually get a couple of good midfielders. I, it does seem that McAllister is going there. That does seem very very likely. Um, you think they'll be back in in the title race next season? No, I was reading that McAllister <laughs> is like it depends on um, top four for him. Like. Champions League, like he wants to play in Champions League as per, you know, I'm a World Cup winner and he's playing Champions League, whatever. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens there. But I think Liverpool is a good spot for him. I don't see them challenging for the title. I, I don't see them challenging for the title with that front four, five, whatever it is. I don't see it. I don't see Darwin really think that's the problem. I, I really don't don't see it. Like, I, we, you, we, we've all talked about the midfield and how mm-hmm. Boris nonsense we think it is and if they bolster that great i still think they have a problem in defense that you know van dyke mm. is getting it's no longer a problem of who partners van dyke it's van dyke is getting older mm-hmm. who partners van dyke but also the continuous degradation of van dyke and then there's the is what kind of season is trent gonna have it just it's gonna continue making them inconsistent until they resolve what that is because before it was settled it was van dyke trent Robertson and plus one, yeah. and if it was Matip, all the better. It was 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 what it was. You could rely on that to be the back four or back three at minimum, with Allison behind them, stable foundation to build on. Now it's very wonky to me, and if you don't resolve that, and I don't know who they're linked with in defense, so that that also makes me wonder. If you don't resolve that, I don't see you challenging, and your attack is still a bit nonsense. Salah getting a little bit older. After a slow start, it means to me he's going to degrade again. Then what do you do to score goals? It's still too many unanswered questions for me. I think that's that's pretty fair analysis. What I would say is that... So Liverpool are always... I don't know how they do it, but they generally... like They're not linked with a lot of players, and then they just make transfers. Um, like Darwin Nunez came out of nowhere. When they signed Fabinho, came out of nowhere. Like Usually they just kind of make it happen. Although I will say that was under a previous kind of recruitment regime. So we'll see if anything changes this summer. But what I would say is they're just not very far away at all. Like If you think about how the attack has, has started to click in the second half of the season, um, you know, Nunez has had a funny season, but he still ended up with 15 goals all competitions. You add 5 to 10 next season when he's fully settled and the team's playing better. Um, then 
you know, that's more than Firmino ever scored in a season. You, you don't need... And, and they have such a range of options up front with Diaz and, and Salah, even if he's a bit worse, um, and Jota. Like, if you get, you know, 10 goals out of each of those guys, you're fine because they, they share the goals around. But I think get a seriously good midfielder or two and get a seriously good centre-back. And if you do two of those things, you're back competing. Well... Kim Min Jae at Napoli, mm-hmm. his release clause is about somewhere between 40 and 50 million. And that opens yep. up apparently for a few days in July. Something yeah. weird like that. So yeah. I, I know United want him. Uh, according to Fab, he's been on the list since January. Um, yeah. wh- if I'm Liverpool, if I, like, if whoever makes the top four or maybe both make the top four i would i would go for that and, and make a challenge of it i would make it a bit of a competition to get him he, he seems 100%. very very good a very aggressive forward pro- proactive defender i i would i would give that a shot why not like i, I yeah. think that could be a good idea yeah i agree Some, someone's gonna get him that's for sure yeah. um yeah. i i did i keep seeing like Man United are making an opening offer for Kim and Jay. I'm like, you don't need to make any opening offers. This is clearly bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you just show up with forty million pounds in a duffel bag on July the first or whatever it is. Just don't send three Italians that you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, we've got to wrap up. Just before we do, let's take a look at the bottom excuse me, of the table. Um Southampton are down. We we did the fire sale last week. Um Leicester 30 points, Leeds 31 points, Everton 32 points, Forest 34. It's at this point like, uh, can we call Leicester down? I'm I'm going to call Leicester down and I'm going to say, Bernie, who do you want from their squad? Leicester, uh, well, Leicester have 31 points. Can they still bring Everton down with them? They could, <sighs> but Leicester are just so shit. But- they're so shit. They can't win a game. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you. Leicester play Liverpool next. Or... No, no, they already played them. They play them. <laughs> Hold on. I oh, just, they've got I, Newcastle on the 22nd. Oh, Newcastle. Yeah, oh, next to Newcastle and West Ham. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> if they're playing Newcastle away. Forget it, man. Yeah. Forget it. And they're down. West... And West Ham are better than them. So, yeah, they're, 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 they're gone. So, um, I would have. Madison's I know he obvious. plays the same position as Bruno, but like I think if he's a Madison's available, you just get him and then like make it figure it out, like just just, just yep. figure it out. Um, yep. And I would take Tillemans as a, as a squad option. I, I, I don't. I know he's not that robust, but like let Sabitzer go. Don't pay the money for him. Yeah. Just bring sure. Tillemans to play the Sabitzer role in the team. I, I, those are if I was Donny van der Beek watching Tillemans come in, I'd be like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's be- Tillemans is better than van der Beek anyway. So. <laughs> I agree, but it's just funny. Like, that's the role that he'd be coming in for. Yeah, I forgot that guy existed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, probably see him in the next time I go. Oh, 100% you will. Um, I would very much take Harvey Barnes. I think he's excellent. Um, I think Castagna is decent in a good team. Loki, that team got very, very shit. Yeah. 
Like they yeah. had a lot of options before and they got very like Ndidi used to be like top three DMs in the league and now he's just very, very shit. Mate, I this is it's horrible for me to say, but when he got he did his ACL or MCL or something, like eighteen months ago. Yeah. And when he yeah. did it and, and and this isn't this isn't unique to him, like loads of players do it, but they get injured and then they, they do a tweet and they're like thanks for all the supportive messages i'll be back stronger with like a bicep emoji or whatever and i'm just sitting there thinking mate you're you're done <laughs> like, pe- <laughs> you guys don't come back from this injury better than they started they come back much much worse it's just, it's going to be the same with um what's his name that just did it uh this season bentancur like he's not going to be the same player they're never the same after they do these injuries mm-hmm. And Leicester haven't had a midfield since he since he did that. He used to that guy used to run games. It, like you could let everyone else run around, and he would just pick everyone's pocket. Like he was exactly. everywhere. He was unbelievable. And we were talking like indeed he's sixty seventy million. Like that's what what people were talking about. Now you mm-hmm. can't take him for free. No, like, no, it's very. Sad. And then their backup very option sad. for that was non police Mendy. So. You know, the less the less said about that the better anyway we've got to wrap it up there um we'll see i guess by this time next week i think we might know who's been relegated who's top four who's won the league uh and we will chat about all of that then cheers bernie all right have a bottle <laughs>